G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, and welcome to G'day with Ian Swain. Today we're traveling to Auckland on the North Island of New Zealand to meet a dynamic couple who are good friends and who own and operate a very special tour company. Neil and Kelly Sparrows own Time Unlimited Tours. Neil, a proud Kiwi, which is what we Aussies call New Zealanders, and he creates the marketing and runs the operations with Kaylee, who's a Maori, which are New Zealand indigenous people who passionately shares her culture with our guests while on tour. A winning team, certainly, and having won many awards, including 2018 and 2019 Maori Business Award, they rock. Let's chat with them about their business and how they include Kaylee's heritage into it. Kiora, Kaylee, and Neil, and thanks for joining me today. Kiora, Ian, a special greeting from Auckland and Aotearoa, uh, New Zealand. Thank you. That sounds wonderful. It's such a beautiful language. And every time I come to New Zealand and listen to you talk on the tours and explain some of the Maori uh, languages and the, and the cultures, it's just fascinating to me. And I learn something every time we visit. Neil, firstly, can you give us a brief, a brief background of how and when you started Time Unlimited Tours? No problem. Um, I grew up in Ireland and Germany. I had an Irish mum with flaming red um, hair, um, typical of Irish ladies, and a German dad. And I came to, I grew up in Ireland and Germany and came to New Zealand 16 and a half years ago now. Met Kaylee 15 and a half years ago, and two months and 16 days after we met, we started this company. Um, which, looking back, is a crazy and b um, <laughs> quite unbelievable. <laughs> so there's a real passion there um, right from the start. Now, why did we start this company? We felt and still feel that what we bring as people into the mix um, between a, obviously a a proud person that has become a very passionate Kiwi um, since coming here and, and an indigenous New Zealander that um, we're very unique. And we've also traveled very extensively. Um, I've traveled to over 50 countries and Katie pretty close to that too. So we realized how we want to travel. And we felt that in many cases when traveling to places, um, we didn't really get what we wanted out of, in our case, tours. And we wanted to create a tour company that we would like to travel with. And uh, here we are 15 and a half years later. So the name Time Unlimited, is that any, any particular meaning? Yes, Kaylee loves acronyms and she can make, make something out of any, out of any few letters, but Time actually stands for to integrate Maori experiences. Beautiful. Also means tourism incentives, meetings, events, or to improve my environment. <laughs> That's great. You can choose whichever one you want. We've got one more for you, Ian, to initiate memorable experiences with Scott. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I love them all, actually. You need a big business card for those ones. Yeah. And we wanted to, uh, I mean, the whole idea when we started our company name was I found that to be one of the most difficult steps to take when we started our company. What do we call ourselves? You know, you start with New Zealand Tours or Auckland Tours Inc. or whatever. But, you know, I guess the second step after brainstorming what name you might look at is, is that particular website free? 
Yeah. So Correct. there's a whole lot of different um, different um, things to, to consider, but we also wanted to be unlimited. So we didn't want to be a limited company, so we wanted to be unlimited. So therefore, Time Unlimited Limited is our official company name, but we trade as Time Unlimited Tours. So Kaylee, tell us what the COVID-19 experience has been like in New Zealand and what you have been doing as part of your business recovery and how are you preparing for Swain clients coming to New Zealand, including ways in which you can assure them of enhanced safe business practices? Yes, um, the COVID for many of us has been, um, as you know, in travel, we're used to disruption, just one not on the scale. And so for us, it's been a process first of business continuity, then it's been a focus on uh, business recovery. Now we're really thinking of the business development opportunities that can come. So like everybody um, that wants to stay in business as we do, we're, um, we've always put priority on health and safety. So we've just enhanced the various safe business practices. What makes our luxury tour company um, able to meet those demands when the borders open and your swaying clients come back is that with private or luxury touring, we're already distancing where it's just about the people that we're hosting. Obviously the hygiene's there, our team are well-trained. We've been putting a lot of effort into upskilling and also just really thinking about um, how people will be feeling more vulnerable and how we can uffy, help and manaki, what we call putting them at the center of the experience so that all their worries, I guess you're familiar with the term, the no worries policy down here that we have, no problems. Sure. And that's, I guess, what we're wanting people to say travel with the assurance of the partnership and extension of your business that once you hand them to us, we'll care for them like our own. That's great. And, and you know, New Zealand is, has been a preferred destination of, of obviously ours, but of many, many Americans for the number of years. Neil, why do you think New Zealand should be a preferred destination to international travel, travelers when the borders do open again? Well, firstly, we're seen as very safe we are very safe. We have not had any new cases of uh, COVID-19, I believe for 82 days now, um, in terms of community transmission. So we don't have COVID-19 in, in New Zealand. What we have currently is all the returning Kiwis from all over the world that are in drips and drabs coming home. Obviously, some of those are bringing COVID to New Zealand, but they are being isolated at the border and put into uh, quarantine facilities until they they get over the, um, the, um, the virus, of course. So we're a very, very safe country. We also are, in my view, very biased from a Kiwi perspective, of course. Uh, and I know I'm talking to an Aussie. Um, um, the most amazing country on earth. We are actually the most diverse country in the world in a country the size of Japan, the Philippines, or Ecuador. Um, a population of about 5 million people. So we don't have a big population. I think in American terms, you might say the state of Colorado would be a similar size to New Zealand. Um, extremely friendly people like Australians, very easy going. So that's why Kelly's saying the, the no worries policy, yes. Um, we have a very no worries mindset in New Zealand, but at the same time, 
we're also very reliable, um, get the job done, we turn up, you know. I think it's a very, very good mix of, um, of a lot of positive factors. But I think the most important thing is amazing people, spectacularly beautiful country, and a very, very good climate. Plus the culture is just incredible down there as well. And that leads to my next question. Um, Kaylee, to tell us about your brand promise of our New Zealand, your way, and what the core values or unique selling points you can share about your business in relation to that. Yeah, the, the brand promise. Now instead it's difficult to come up with a name of a company, but the brand promise I think is what we all hang our hat on. And uh, like you and your team at Swain, we're only as good as the last experience we put together. And for us, um, we, the aspect of our New Zealand is just saying we really want to share what is our everyday, what is it that locals, because people are after that um, experiential travel now. They want to go deeper than scraping the surface. They do want to meet. And I know um, from previous discussions with you, Ian, um, that people want to meet locals. And I'm not just talking about people that might have been born here or indigenous people that have a vested interest because all countries of the world, as I like to say on my tours, we were all visitors once to this country, including our Māori people. So it's about um, making sure people, when we go to a cafe, when we go to restaurants, when we visit places, that they meet people that live and work and actually have a vested interest in, in what's going on there. So um, the Our Way, uh, sorry, the Our New Zealand Your Way, is making sure we don't forget that this is all about the client. They purchased the and invested in buying the actual experience. So we have to give them what they paid for and more. I guess that's the key is to always exceed that. So that whole brand promise is underpinned by four of our, our values, our core values. Now they are Māori words, bit of tongue twisters like most of our words. Uh, kotahitanga is about working together with everybody, all our stakeholders. So from the moment you um, take your valued clients, we create the experience with them here on the ground, but we're all part of that. There's a saying that's being floated around uh, here, waka eka noa, which is we're all in this together. It's been a strap line for COVID. The other one is panikiritanga, which is about excellence. So we're gonna do something Anybody can be ordinary. Let's be extraordinary. And I guess that's why we partner with Swain. You know, you guys don't do things um, lightly. It's all about um, remembering the little stuff. And that's what we're known for. The details or the devils in the detail would be the, would be appropriate. And the other two are really come down to underpinning that promise of kaitiakitanga, sustainability, guardianship of people and places and the monarchy. It's all about how we care for people. So that, that's really um, our values and how important it is to, to really partner with the right people like Sway. Well, I know that when our guests travel with you, um, they've got high expectations before they go there because we build you up quite well. Um, but they all come back totally satisfied and actually exceeding your expectations because of the, the cultural aspect that you do and the care and, and loving way that you, you pass on the knowledge and pass on the knowledge of, of the country itself. Neil, that brings me to ask you to share a, a few of the must do 
or as the locals would say, world famous in New Zealand experiences that you're able to offer with time unlimited tours. Perhaps elaborate on one of your day tours, how it runs, for example. Okay. So firstly, I just want to say that the um, none of our guides, we have a team of 20 guides. None of those are people that are here temporarily. So they're all people that have lived wherever they've been born in New Zealand or somewhere across the world. They've all lived here for many years. So they're proud Kiwis. Okay. So you, in my view or in our view, we need to have somebody that has a passion and a vested interest in our country to share, to share, I guess, knowledge about New Zealand that um, you wouldn't know if you're only here for a few months a year. Things like, what's your health system like? Um, what about pensions? Uh, what happens when I get sick? Um, you know, a lot of questions that people, property values, a lot of things that, that people ask us on tour and they do expect an answer. And, um, you know, it, it, it is one of those things, at, I guess, at the level we're playing at in, in luxury that we need to be able to know these things. But in terms of places we go, I mean, I passionately love of all places in the entire world, in fact, the west coast of Auckland. For me, that is just the most amazingly spectacular place. Now, um, nine months ago, um, in a few days, time, in fact, I think it's today, nine months ago, I was at, after eight days hiking at Mount Everest Base Camp. Um, I've done every single one of New Zealand's great walks. Um, bar the new one, which has just been opened, which I tend to do later this winter. Um, so I can compare, but we do walking tours and hikes on the west coast of Auckland. And that for me, maybe bar Everest, I have to say, is, um, is the most spectacular landscape anywhere and could rival any of our great walks. Apart from that, um, I also really love, apart from Auckland, I love Northland because it's got, um, and I'm very well aware of the audience or the person I'm talking to, an Aussie with the, you know, the most stunning beaches on the planet, of course, but, but Northland has absolutely outrageously beautiful beaches. And mix that in with um, where Kelly is from, of course, a lot of indigenous Maori people, and you really get, in many cases, a real and raw indigenous Maori experience. And one thing I would maybe pick out people that we work in with is the people that go to um, Tane Mahuta and Timatua um, Nahere, um, the two largest kauri trees um, in, in New Zealand and therefore the world. Now kauri trees are the second largest trees by wood volume in the world after sequoia trees in California. Um, so I think what we're all about is taking people to places that are a little bit off the beaten track. Um, not where everybody else goes, because we have found that especially private clients, luxury clients, they don't want to go where everyone else goes. And when we go to places that are very popular, sometimes all you need to do is go to these places like Rotorua, Waitomo, Hobbiton movie set, where we also go to at a different time of the day. And there would, in many cases, be a lot less people, even at those popular places. So that's um, well, my that, take on. Well, that brings you to the local knowledge that you provide. And that's the, the reason that we do partner with you so much, because of the experience that you provide. 
Um, Kaylee, the company, as you mentioned before, is well known for your luxury cultural experiences, and that's hence why my company supports you so much. Uh, but can you share any newer improved experiences that have been developed in addition to your global award-winning tours of late? And I know you do small group tours and you do private tours. Um, perhaps you can elaborate a little bit just on, on the shared group, how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess just following on and enhancing what Nail was talking about, the experience is about getting people to um, excite all their senses. So we all want to taste and hear and, and see great things, but what we're also trying to add into all our experiences, whether they've got a cultural focus or not, is the way we make people feel, the spirituality, what we call the wairua. And you'll, you'll know yourself, Ian, you don't always remember what the car was, you don't always remember all the place names, but you do remember the people and the way they made you feel is really important in the experience. And all the little things that we're able to do, we're enhanced those further. So it's just down to calling people the night before, using their first name, understanding a bit more about them. And that's often with your team. They give us great profiling so that we can really um, ensure that it's all about, again, putting clients at the center of the experience. What we've done, um, while we've, you know, people assume that we've been on holiday during this time, but we've used the time to work with our team. The hardest market, as we know, and the biggest critics can be the local market. We know that locals will be the ones that will say, oh, I know all that. So we've taken each of our tours and looked at ways that we can deliver at the moment to the domestic market, but when the borders reopen, what people are really after when we travel we want to know what are locals eating what are they buying where are they buying and so we've we've actually got some new experiences in the pacific cultures not just maori we also are taking the word culture and saying a kiwi culture so what we call kiwi tanga in that kiwis we love the outdoors we love golf we love beaches so can we ensure that all our experiences going forward really take our manuhiri or valued visitors from overseas and do things that aren't just the touristy, that really get them into the locally inspired so that they meet the people behind the businesses. So it's not just a wine tasting, it's a hunter gatherer. It's ensuring that you understand and can meet the family behind it. And also some of our new experiences really tap into the social responsibility, the sustainability of the places and people we visit so that we can actually really get that storytelling and how it links to the interests of the people we host. So that's, that's what we've been up to. And you, you're right, we do spend a lot of time trying to get as much information about our clients before they come down so that we can make sure that their experiences um, and the expectations they have are met. And we pass it on to you and you've been very good at picking up on that and then and changing the private tours to exactly what they need. Uh, a question for both of you and uh, one of you or both of you, um, what travel tips could you give out to our mutual clients when visiting New Zealand? And, and obviously not the obvious one of staying for three weeks in Auckland, but what sort of, <laughs> what sort of travel tips can you give uh, just for people getting ready to travel again? Well, I would say, um, the North and the South Island are equally beautiful, in my, my opinion. 
the North Island has the most stunning beaches. We have this amazing geothermal activity, which is obviously world famous. Um, and very importantly, it has, a, I guess, a lot more indigenous Maori offering. And those things are all extremely attractive for people to see. Obviously, the South Island has, I guess, a combination of Switzerland and Norway, yeah, the mountains of Switzerland, the, the fjords of Norway, um, and a lot of amazing scenery too. So, but in terms of what to, what to see and what to do, just remember, we, we are an incredibly diverse country and it really depends on, on what you're interested in. If you're, let's say you're from Colorado, as an example, I would say, well, you might want to spend more time exploring our great beaches and, you know, looking at our geothermal activity, looking at our, any indigenous Maori experiences. Whereas if you're from um, Southern California, you might want to spend more time, um, you know, looking at those high mountains and, and, and fjords of the, of Fjordland and places like that. But I think, um, I guess the thing with New Zealand is, there's something for everybody, no matter what you're interested in. And, and I think that's the great thing, um, working with um, an agent uh, who really knows their stuff like, uh, like Swain, of course, because they will ask you those questions as a client. You know, what are you interested in? Why are you going there? How much time do you have? And um, a program will, of course, be put together exactly to suit what you're after rather than just going on the internet and booking the cheapest deal, because we all know the cheapest is in many cases, not the best. And, and Ian, can I just add, I with my travel tip, sure, just please. grab a bottle of great New Zealand wine, read the label and dream, and then contact Swain. <laughs> and hopefully that, that results in um, some people getting inspired. It's a question about, about the Maori culture. Um, with COVID happening, and, and this is something that, you know, the Maoris have, have gone through different, we've all gone through different situations in the past, and the Maoris are avid, avid travellers. I mean, they sail canoes and, and fuckers all over the world, um, so they're really used to travelling. Do they have any secret of how they can teach their young about what's going on at the moment in the world and the pandemic and how it's affecting them? And how the lockdowns are affecting them. Is there any secrets that the Maoris have? Yeah, I guess for us, and and I've uh, we're living in Auckland City, but I've managed to venture home to the north. People up there are actually, I won't say thriving, but they're used to working collectively. I'm from a farming community, so people, neighbours, are looking out for each other. But we've always done that, and I guess our local marae, iwi, hapu, our tribal system has been in place because, as we've all learnt around the world, people are the most important. Um, I, you might have heard me before mention the wonderful whakatauki or proverb, he aha te mea nui o te ao. What is the greatest thing in this world? And the answer is he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It is people, it is people, it is people. That's lovely. And that leads me to my the last comment. And, you know, during these seminars or um, podcasts that I've been doing, I've been hearing some wonderful stories from, from my friends around the planet since I started of community sharing and helping with each other, which is what you're just telling me. I know the Maori culture is very, very strong. Um, what is something positive you have witnessed yourselves or experienced within the Maori culture during the pandemic? In my estimation, 
Maori um, as an indigenous you know, peoples, like a lot of other indigenous peoples around the world, are very community minded. And um, what will happen is if, if the neighbor doesn't have a shovel, well, somebody will give them a shovel. If the neighbor doesn't have something, you know, um, they will be provided with that. And, and people share a lot. And um, what I've observed during this pandemic, not just in, you know, in Auckland, but around New Zealand, a lot of stories that you got from around New Zealand was that people reconnected with, with their communities. But that's something that um, as a non-Maori, I've observed that, you know, Maori are generally very, very good at anyway, as helping each other out and, and in a community uh, setting, um, solving problems. Like, for example, yeah. when you need to feed 200 people, you know, they'll do a hangi. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful, very interesting, in fact, fascinating way of feeding people making an earth oven but that's something that has grown over many hundreds of years um but during this pandemic um from stories i've heard there's been a lot more of that people coming together in a community especially among maori and and talking about things and supporting each other and and, and helping each other out because these are very very difficult times we all know that um but like katie just said a few minutes ago um you know, when you have a strong community and are living in a strong community, it's a lot easier to get through these sort of times. And it is, we can learn a lot from the Maori culture and, and different cultures around the world of how to get on. And, um, you know, a lot of people in America here are with their families again, and some are, some are separated, but a lot of them are with their families again. And it's great to hear that and hear those stories about that. Listen, I really appreciate the two of you giving me up your time to talk about your tours your starting of the company, the culture that you bring to the to our clients and the experiences. And, and I really appreciate that. And I'd like to thank you and um, look forward to seeing you in Auckland again, where we can have a nice bottle of white or red New Zealand wine as we're sitting on, um, on a marae perhaps, or, and just um, learning a little bit more about the culture. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ian, and all the best to your team too, and your families. Okay, thanks guys. See you again soon. Okay, bye. bye.